Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The United States will never, never, never recognize Russia's claims on Ukraine sovereign territory. This so-called referenda was a sham, an absolute sham. The results were manufactured in Moscow. The true will of the Ukrainian people is evident every day as they sacrifice their lives to save their people and maintain the independence of their country. President Joe Biden, as increasingly the United States and Russia appear to be squaring off the developing story coming out of Ukraine, Russia, as you know, annexing Ukraine provinces, at least that's what Putin said. Meanwhile, a major Russian army unit was surrounded and cut off by the Ukrainian military. And they have now withdrawn from an area that Putin says is part of Russia. They were ready to be, I suppose, annihilated. And uh, like the Russian army has been taking it in on the chin for some time now uh, from the Ukrainians. So they've withdrawn. And the question becomes, and it's an uncomfortable question, but it's one that is raised across the world. And that is, would Putin engage battlefield nuclear weapons to defend what he says is the annexed Ukraine territory, the illegally annexed Ukraine territory. Uh, He says, Putin, he'd be willing to enter negotiations with Ukraine, but President Zelensky says, we'll do that as long as it's a new president of Russia. There's a lot on the plate here, a lot on the table. Alexander Sherba is with us, former Ukrainian ambassador to Austria, also ambassador at large following the 2014 Russian invasion. He's the author of Ukraine versus Darkness, Undiplomatic Thoughts. Alexander, how are you? I'm very good. How are you, Roy? I'm well. Um, Really an important day, an important week, significant week in in this eight months of nonstop uh, fighting and uh, madness from, from Putin. So now he says he made the annexation announcement saying that four regions of Ukraine are now part of Russia after his so-called referenda. And he engaged in more talk about using nuclear weapons and urging Ukraine to engage in negotiations with him. Now we found out that earlier today, the Russian military unit, which was encircled by a Ukrainian military in, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Lyman or Lehman, a city in one of the regions, Liman, one of the regions Putin claims is part of Russia. So the Russians have withdrawn. Would you clarify for us, please, what's the situation on the ground today? Well, the situation on the front line uh, is uh, beneficial for Ukrainian troops. We are moving uh, further uh, uh, east. Uh, We are liberating uh, small villages and locations in the south. In Kherson Oblast, uh, there is uh, Putin is sending more troops uh, to the Ukrainian-Belarusian border. So we are conducting um, military exercises in the north uh, to be sure that we are ready to welcome a quote-unquote those. Um, uh, so that that's the situation. It was a very very dark and depressing day yesterday just to see this maniac. Um, conduct uh, within three days so-called referenda, see how violently it was, uh, uh, we used to say referendum, it was a rape, uh, just within three days, going from flat to flat, apartment to apartment, uh, uh, and under uh, gun, uh, 
forcing people uh, to vote. Uh, there was this report about the guy who was uh, for three weeks uh, in their captivity uh, being um, um, tortured, and uh, he was released only under one condition. He goes to referendum and uh, uh, votes the right way. So it was a dark day, a dark day to see Russia like that, like a full-fledged fascist state. But uh, today is a new day, and uh, we are winning this war, and Putin can do nothing about it. It's a very important point to make, isn't it, that uh, the Russians are not in control, are not in full control of the four regions they now claim are part of Russia. Absolutely. It's just, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's not only sham, it's insane what they're doing there. It's just... Uh, even Putin um, two weeks ago was absolutely mm, reluctant to do that. And then all of a sudden clicks in his head and all of a sudden within three days, uh, these uh, um, guizlings from these territories, uh, these traitors uh, address him and he accepts, uh, he proclaims them uh, independent for independent nations, Kherson independent nation, Luhansk independent nation, so on and so forth, and uh, accept them within a uh, Russian state. And if you saw uh, the ceremony, you saw the faces of the people listening to Putin, it was nothing like the euphoria of the uh, Crimean seal. They understand how serious it is right now, and they are losing the war, and they are losing their, uh, the country that thought, they thought the Russian political elite thought was theirs, but this country um, can can fall apart. It, it, it's a real possibility right now. If Ukraine uh, moves to the one end, I'm very sure about that. Yeah, it's interesting because later on in the hour, we're going to be talking to the director of an organization known as the ARC. They are in Georgia, which is a former Soviet republic, of course, on the border with Russia, and hundreds of thousands of Russians have fled the country since the war began, and uh, the ARC is funded by Mikhail Khodorkovsky, who is, once was Russia's uh, wealthiest man, owned the second largest oil company in Russia, but was imprisoned by Putin and remains one of his most determined adversaries. We're going to find out just uh, what it's like at the borders as Russians try to escape uh, Putin and, and his version of Russia. One of the greatest concerns, Alexander, of course, is the potential for nuclear weapons. Putin brings this up each time he speaks internationally. And uh, the question about the potential unleashing of battlefield nuclear weapons hangs in the air. How concerned are you about that? Well, we understand that uh, it's a possibility both for uh, big cities and for uh, our troops on the front line. But militarily, uh, both would make uh, so little sense. Humanely, it would make so little sense because uh, it's not uh, 1945. Ukraine is not Japan. Ukraine is not losing the war. Everything, all it would do to Ukraine, it would make us even angrier. I spoke today with, with a guy who, who fought on the front line. Now he's back. And I asked him what would happen if uh, they do use a nuclear weapon. And he says, uh, it will make us only angrier right now. Uh, there is a possibility for uh, Ukrainian troops to reach the border with Russia and stop. But if people, if they do use these uh, nuclear weapons, there will be no stopping. We'll go to Russian territory, and there will be, there will be, uh, it will, it will be brutal. So uh, I hope Putin not. Uh, 
so detached from reality. He, he must understand that uh, it's not 1945. We are not Japan. Yeah, if you think back to February the 24th, when the invasion began, and very knowledgeable people, militarily, globally, were saying, well, Ukraine could fall in 72 hours. Kiev could be really in Russian hands within 72 hours. And here we are uh, on the 1st of October, and you're quite logically talking about the potential for the Ukrainian army to be crossing the border into Russia if the Russians, if Putin unleashes battlefield nuclear weapons. That's how... Uh, how decisively the Ukrainian army is handling what was supposed to be one of the great militaries in the world, the Russian military. Alexander, we were talking about the mindset of Putin. We're trying to figure out what is going on in his head. So he's a child of the Soviet Union, was a KGB member, and clearly he longs for the return of the USSR. You've told us on the air that you grew up in the Soviet Union when Ukraine was forced to remain a member. Do you have an understanding of the mindset of Vladimir Putin? What's causing him, to the best of your understanding, to behave the way he is? Well, all these years, uh, he, uh, the world was giving him this uh, you know, illusion, delusion that uh, he is this amazing, wonderful, uh, wise uh, politician, uh, everybody was wanted a piece of him. Everybody wanted to talk to him. His yeah, some some of his time, people forgave him. Forgave him the second uh, Chechnya war, amazingly cruel. The people forgave uh, countries, politicians forgave him what he did in Georgia, what he did in Crimea, and he was heading to a goal of his. Uh, that um, I, I think was was his goal for quite a while, namely recreation or recreating the Soviet Union, Soviet Union 2.0. And the key um, factor to that, uh, element to that, is, of course, Ukraine. He was heading to this war for years, and he was absolutely sure that Ukraine wouldn't uh, would be a sitting duck, so to say. Um, now, uh, when all his plans went down the drain and the whole world uh, has seen that uh, the king is uh, naked and uh, the army uh, is incapable or uh, in disarray, uh, and what, what Russia really is, he's just, I think, more or less going with the flow. It's just not, maybe, maybe in this particular uh, uh, situation, he was going with the flow or with the will of um, uh, these so-called uh, presidents of these so-called, you know, independent republics, uh, because they saw that Russia uh, would abandon them like they abandoned uh, people in uh, Kherson Oblast, uh, traitors in Kherson Oblast. So uh, if he wouldn't, uh, hadn't done something drastic to encourage uh, the traitors on the uh, occupied territories, everything would fall apart within days. So he had to do something drastic, and he did. Yeah, he did. Now, he has, on the, in that speech on Wednesday, he said he wants to wants Ukraine to come to the negotiating table and, uh, and, to, and, to, and to think reasonably. That's what he said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But the reply by President Zelensky was, yeah, we'll negotiate with Russia, but not with this guy. 
with a new president. Negotiations only possible with a new Russian president. Ukraine is also asking for an accelerated NATO membership. What are the realistic chances, do you believe, for either happening? Number one, Putin to be disposed of from within the, uh, the within Russia? And what's your sense about an accelerated acceptance of Ukraine by NATO? Well, uh, to your first question, uh, there is this, you know, uh, uh, the idea, of, uh, maybe it's wishful thinking on our part, but uh, uh, Putin's uh, 70th birthday is coming. And people think that uh, the reason why he accelerated all these things because he wants to wrap things up here uh, and then to make the announcement akin to that that uh, Yeltsin did in the end of 1999. Uh, I done, I've done what I could uh, and uh, I'm tired and I, I uh, have picked uh, a successor and uh, like like going away, you know? Uh, quite frankly, of course, it's uh, most likely it's just wishful thinking on our part. Uh, but uh, uh, President Zelensky saying this uh, publicly that we will speak only with uh, uh, any other guy as a president, but not this uh, insane insane person. Uh, maybe 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 Zelensky has some idea of what's happening next. Um, other than that. So if uh, Putin, and it's most likely Putin remains in that power, uh, well, what's the point of negotiating with him uh, who uh, invades you, who uh, takes away the territory, uh, occupies, and then um, says, let's talk about how we legalize what I uh, took away. It's just nonsense. We are not going to do that. Uh, um, only countries that lose wars do that, and we are not losing this war. And about the NATO membership, well, quite frankly, uh, it was a very, very good move on, on, on Ukraine's part. Uh, it uh, had people like me for a couple of hours uh, very encouraged. We hope that uh, it was somehow, it would be somehow endorsed by the NATO Secretary General. And then he came uh, and spoke uh, in his not very... Uh, exciting uh, and inspiring manner and said the usual thing, um, doors of NATO are open to all European democracies, but right now we should be focusing on something else. And it was, of course, a turn on for, for many people here. But I think, uh, I think uh, the direction of Ukraine is, uh, is very clear. We are not making any compromises uh, with with this aggressor, with the, this occupier, and therefore uh, we are moving uh, in direction of, of our real partners and our real partners in, in the nature. Everything is logical. Putin on his way out, and uh, Ukraine on Ukraine is on her uh, way up, and uh, NATO should support it. And I'm immensely thankful for Canada that supported us right away. About the date when it will happen. Uh, de facto, we are already a NATO country. Uh, uh, when it will be de jure, uh, I don't know, but it, it, it will definitely happen. It's true, de facto. It seems like a de facto reality. The uh, the weapon systems that are being delivered by NATO nations to Ukraine are really of the most sophisticated variety now. And uh, Biden said, President Biden said uh, earlier in the week, 
that as far as the United States is concerned, use those weapon systems any way you want. They have placed restrictions initially, but they're saying no longer. So we just have a, a few seconds uh, left, Alexander. How, how significant and how important and how effective is it still to impose more sanctions on Russia? Well, absolutely uh, instrumental. First of all, uh, you should impose sanctions on Gazprom Bank and a couple of other banks, shut them down from SWIFT. That would be uh, uh, hurting. Plus, of course, you know, energy sanctions. Uh, uh, Europe should remain uh, on the course of, you know, imposing full and complete embargo on on, on uh, gas and oil. That would be hurting, and that's very important. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.